On today's episode, we're going to be talking about what it really means to mourn for our sins on Soul Zero Two. And welcome to Soul Zero Two. This is a podcast that is putting the oxygen back into the Christian life one soul at a time. And so glad to be with you today. And we've been doing this series called Flourishing God's Way. Why do I say God's Way? Because He is our Creator. And when you do things based on the way you were designed, it's so much easier than if you do it your way and try to you know, change the nature of, of who you are without the power of God, without God helping you. And so the same thing goes for our sins. And when we sin, it's hard to change. When we do things, when we have bad habits or bondages, it's hard to change because you can't do it in your own power. You need God's help. You need His grace. You need His strength. You need His wisdom. You need His power. And Hence, we have this scripture I want to read to you. And this scripture is beautiful because of the, the, um, what it really means to repent, what it, what it means to, to not just say, I'm sorry. How, how often can we say, I'm sorry, in a sarcastic way and not really mean it, right? But here's the scripture. It's beautiful. It says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And here we find this beautiful scripture before us. And the first thing it doesn't mean is, is that if you had a hard life and you cried, God's going to comfort you and you're going to go to heaven. Um, unless you give your life to Christ, that cannot happen. Um, having a hard life doesn't qualify a person uh, for, for God's comfort, really. Um, they have to turn their life to Him to be comforted. But let me, I say that to say this. We often mourn things that we that were done to us, right? And we grieve them. But how much do we mourn over the things that we did? And this is what this mourning is about. It's not about that I suffered a lot and I'm mourning over that. It's about mourning over my sins. That's what this, this beatitude is about. And we find that that uh, human nature uh, is, is often, um, you know, disposed to avoid mourning, uh, there's part of us that doesn't like to mourn, and yet mourning is one of the first things that happen, that happens when when we are confronted by the kingdom of God. Why do I say that? Because it says in Luke six twenty five, "Woe to you who are full now, for you will go hunger, or you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep." And and is Jesus just being a big party pooper there? Absolutely not. Uh, what is he saying there? He, he's talking about people's sins, that if they don't turn to God now, and all they do is seek happiness and never confront the ugliness and the evil inside of them by turning to God, then they will mourn later, even though they may enjoy certain things in life now. If I live for happiness now and avoid the mourning that comes with repentance, right? I will mourn later. But if I mourn now, I will joy later. And it doesn't mean that God wants me to walk around, you know, with a shaved head and kind of uh, sad all the time and mourning over my sins every day. Mourning is not a calling, right? It means that He wants me to face my stuff. He wants me to face the ugliness in my own heart that comes from being apart from Him. So the bad news has to come before the good news comes. And joy can't occur without first experiencing the grief that comes from repentance. So what is mourning? How do we define mourning? Mourning is defined this way. 
It's the same word used of the deep grief that one feels after the death of a dearly loved family member or friend. That's what mourning is. And this means that it's not cheap, right? It's not superficial. It's, it's not casual. It's not just an I'm sorry. It's not just I'm sorry because I got caught. Or it's not some sarcastic I'm sorry. Or however way you want to frame it. This is a real heartfelt, deep, deep felt thing that says, wow, I'm totally wrong. And I'm horribly, horribly sorry. And this is what James meant when he, when he spoke about it in the scriptures. When he said, when he said this, Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into dejection. What's he saying there? He's saying, face your stuff, face your sins, and then joy will come after. And, and so mourning is, is, this is what spiritual mourning really is. It's when your life clashes with God's kingdom and you weep over the change that you have to make to, to become more like God and to, to follow him. Because when Jesus said, follow me, it's not just following him physically, man. You have to change. Your life has to be transformed like him, and only he can do that through his grace. And mourning is a natural reaction to poverty of spirit. We, we talked about po- poverty of spirit last time, right? And when you recognize how poor you are in spirit, how much you need God, you mourn over it. And that's a natural byproduct of it. And so there, there are four things today that have to happen. Uh, four things that happen, rather, in, in spiritual mourning. And the first is this, we wrestle with ourselves. And there's a scripture attached to it, but Paul, the Apostle Paul, saw this ugly reality of what he was and what he must become, what he was and what he wasn't, and and how it, it's this conflict all the time of trying to do better, trying to be more like Christ, but it's so hard, right? And he said this, For I know, no, I do, I know that nothing good dwells within me that is in my flesh i can will what is right but i cannot do it in other words in his own strength if he just tries to comply with the law coldly without grace that that's how life is for i do not do the things i want but the evil i do not want is what i do right and i think you know what he's saying there the things you don't want to do you end up doing and the things you should do you don't do and he says, now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. And he's showing the bondage problem of sin. Sin is the bondage. This is why we mourn over it, because it's got to break, right? And he says, wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? And so we have the words of Paul here. And it's a beautiful thing that he's wrestling. And, and this is part of mourning. We wrestle with ourselves. Wrestling shows that we are not excusing our sins. We're not. We're not just sweeping it under the carpet and saying, "Oh, you know, it's okay. I'll, I'll do better next time." No, we really feel this in a profound way. And if I'm not wrestling with my sins, then what am I tolerating in my life? That, that's the point. If I'm not truly wrestling, if I'm not truly confronting myself with the wrong things, and I really want to be a follower of Christ, then what am I tolerating in my in my life? And one of the most powerful ways to resist sin is to stop tolerating the sins we should be mourning over. Mourn over them. and Say, God, give me a heart of grief over this thing because I can't change it in my own strength. This is a lot deeper than just an apology or I feel bad, isn't it? And so here's another point I want to make. 
of some of some of the things that it takes to to mourn. We don't just we don't just uh, grieve over. We don't just wrestle with our sins, but we also do this. We groan for something better. What do I mean by that? There, there's something there's something deep inside of us, right? That identifies with with this broken world, and 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 we long for something more. It, it says something's messed up, man, in me and in in, in the world, and, and it's got to be put right. And again, Paul felt this profoundly in Romans eight when he said, "We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains, not just human beings, but animals and the earth itself groans in labor pains until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves." who have the first fruits of the spirit meaning you know we we are saved we know god and we don't, we don't have the complete salvation yet you know everything will be revealed when we see christ but we groan inwardly he says while we wait for adoption and the redemption of our bodies so here you have again paul grieving over it right he's he's feeling this he's groaning for something better he's saying there's got to be more than this and we groan when we groan we're making the most eloquent statement before God we could ever make. We groan wordlessly, knowing that this isn't how the world is meant to be, not how God created it to be. Something is messed up inside us. Something is broken in creation. And God, through His Son, Jesus, is fixing it, even as we speak. So here's the third one I want to give you, that we we um, don't just do these other things we mentioned, but we lament because of the contradiction. In other words, something begins to to dawn upon us that there's this massive chasm separating us from God and we see how far we are from Him. And there's something in us that is being pulled towards God, but we just, it's hard. And we feel like Isaiah where he says, Woe is me, I am lost, for I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips, yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And we weep because we we see this discrepancy between God's holiness and our sins. We see this separation between God and us. And that's why David said in, in Psalm 51, against you only I have sinned. He, he saw this, this chasm, this separation, so he, he mourned over that. And here's the fourth one. We experience true contrition. And contrition is the state of feeling remorseful and penitent. And that's when we we mourn that it's it's more than just fessing up, but we mourn over over it. We we say, you know, I'm really, I, I don't just, it's not just feeling bad and it goes away. It's something that I'm carrying that I realize I never want to go back to this anymore. And, and contrition is a state of feeling remorseful and penitent. And the difference between someone who who um, confesses and someone who's really contrite, because anybody can fess up, right, is is again found in First Corinthians or Second Corinthians uh, seven nine that says, "Now I am, now I rejoice not because you were grieved, but because your grief led to repentance." That's the difference. Real grief leads to repentance, right? For you felt a godly grief so that you were not harmed in any way by us. For godly grief produces repentance that leads to salvation and brings no regret. But worldly grief 
produces death. Why does it produce death? Death because it doesn't bring you to God. It only pulls you away from God, worldly grief, because it says, I feel bad, but then you forget about it and go away and you know, go back to your life. Confession makes you feel better, but contrition makes you change. So God has a promise to those who mourn, and the promise to those who mourn is, is that they will be comforted, right, in the Scriptures. And it's not about the mourning, that, but about the joy that comes after. There are cults out there that practice crucifying themselves, and they crawl on their knees for miles to try to earn their forgiveness from God. But mourning is not a full-time job that draws attention to me. Mourning is something that adjusts the difference between me and God, and I feel that after all the wrestling all the, and all the groaning and all the lament and all the contrition, there is this incomprehensible joy that that you can't put a name on or you can't put your finger on it, and that joy cannot be manufactured or bought. It is something that comes from being right with God, and that's something you can't buy, you can't get in a book, you can't get in a class. It has to be between you and God. So you ever notice that when friendships go bad, there's this mourning between the friends, and there's a grieving between friends. And then the relationship is out of balance, and there's an an inner wrestling and groaning and lamenting and contrition. But then when the friendship is restored, there's great joy. And this is similar to what happens when when someone gets right with God in their heart, that it's not just... I went to confession or I just went to the altar and just prayed and said, forgive me. No, you really owned it and you felt it and you said, I never want to go back to that ever again. So they shall be comforted. That's the, that's the, that's the promise. They shall be comforted. Why? Because sin is this heavy burden to the soul. It weighs you down, depresses you, and separates you from God. And the burden is lifted when you face the sin, repent over it, and come back to God. And that, that's, that's the key, that God comforts us. And you have faced the ugliness that is in you, and, and now there's joy. And that's the goal. The, the, the goal is not mourning. God doesn't want you to live in mourning. The goal is joy. He wants you to live in joy. But you've got to have the bad news before the good news, right? So blessed are those who mourn. The person who has made themselves unhappy over their sins are the ones who are going to be truly, truly happy. And it's it's no it's no surprise why Isaiah said these words, and we're closing it up here. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. What a promise! This is this happens after you mourn. So, if you like this podcast, leave a like. If you haven't uh, connected with us, connect with us and and uh, be part of our our you know give us a like, but also subscribe to our channel. We're on YouTube as well as soul02.com. Check us out. We like doing these to help people think about their faith and be challenged in their faith to grow and to move forward in Christ. So until next time, thanks so much for listening and being with us. God bless you.